Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. There are levels of ineptitude. There are levels of embarrassment. There are levels of disgust. And they all existed yesterday <laughs> in Dallas, Texas. It's Carlin versus Joe on ESPN Radio on Sirius XM Channel 80. Frankly, I can't, I still can't believe what I witnessed yesterday, Joe. I, I'm just absolutely blown away by perhaps the most embarrassing effort in NFL playoff history. Here's one for you. Spend an entire year, an entire season, talking about how the Cowboys are going to flame out in the playoffs, get to the playoffs, bet on the Cowboys, watch them flame out, come on air the next day and say you're surprised. Because that's where you and I both are. Yeah. Right? It's like, I can't believe this is happening. Why? You talked about it all year this year. You talked it all, about it all year last year. You talked about it all year the year before that. What is so surprising? And yet, we truly were surprised by what we saw yesterday. You mean the sun came up today? I'm yes. blown away. You've got to be kidding me. No way. <laughs> Come on. I'll tell you what. The moon had me so convinced the sun was never coming back. We were locked in the night. Oh, my God. I I don't think that either one of us could put it any clearer than Dak Prescott did yesterday after the game. Yeah, I mean, frustrated, as you just said, is the, the great word my, for my play. The way that we came out here and we, we started this game and then just shocked, honestly. From the beginning of the game, yeah, we got beat. There's no other which way around it, no way to sugarcoat it. Obviously, I didn't play well and shock. They sucked. Like, that's exactly. how you can put it. We sucked. That's what he should have said. Dis- he should have said disgusted. Like, the whole disappointed thing, nobody wants to hear that. Every, no. every Cowboy fan is disappointed. You should be disgusted with how you performed. You should be disgusted with how you prepared. You should be disgusted by the fact that the Packers came in and pretty much won that game with the opening drive. Like, that right there was everything you needed to see. That's the difference between Mike McCarthy in the regular season and Mike McCarthy in the playoffs. Mike McCarthy in the regular season will always be able to go against the Giants, the Commanders, these really bad teams, Carolina, the Patriots this year, and you can beat up on them and put those glory numbers out there. But then McCarthy will get in the matchups where he'll have plenty of talent like he normally does, but so will the other team. And that game will be decided by his ability to coach. And yesterday was one of those games and he was not able to coach. LaFleur came out with a very specific plan. We're taking the ball if we get the opportunity. This team's really good in the first half. They're especially good in the first quarter. They're especially good in the first half and the first quarter when playing at home. We're going to take the ball. And seven and a half minutes later, one-eighth of the game gone, 7 nothing Green Bay. You knew right then and there McCarthy was treading water. Yeah. Joe, I, I don't know that I have ever seen a team expected to win and then come out as unprepared to win, as we saw with the Cowboys yesterday. That was a team that looked shocked as to what happened, and it wasn't even 
just that they fell behind 14 nothing at the first touchdown i'm like this something doesn't look right here this is not okay they went down the field and scored no something looked completely wrong and to your point I, i don't love to dive into numbers too much but to support what you were just talking about with mike mccarthy since the packers won the super bowl in, back in 2011 with McCarthy. He is 119 and 70 in the regular season. That is a winning percentage of 632. Now, when you look at the all-time greats, like that's a top 7 or 8 winning percentage of a head coach all time during that stretch. Yet, they're 6 and 9 in the playoffs. And the Cowboys have won 12 games each of the last 3 years and can't get past the divisional round. It's sickening, it's embarrassing, and yet it's somehow glorious too because I I am here sometimes for the epic meltdown and that's what we got yesterday from a team that, again, I can't say this enough, wholly unprepared to play a playoff game at home yesterday as a heavy favorite. I don't understand how that happens. It's a few things. The, the lack of preparation was one thing. They were completely caught off guard. Green Bay looked so smooth yesterday. They looked the exact opposite of what they I said last week they were going to look. I thought they'd look young and experienced. I thought the pressure would get to them, that the crowd noise would get to them, and the Cowboys would jump on them. It was the exact opposite. It looked like it was too much for the Cowboys, right? They looked overwhelmed by the moment. And we have seen this time and time again. The trademark of Mike McCarthy teams is twofold outside of winning in the regular season, because he does deserve that credit. Only guy in history to win 12 games or more three years in a row and not make a conference championship game. That's Mike McCarthy. Two negative trademarks. One, undisciplined. What did we see yesterday? Two turnovers, a bunch of key penalties. Yep. Those are discipline stats. Mike McCarthy teams are undisciplined. And Mike McCarthy teams lack resiliency. They are never resilient football teams. Went to San Francisco in the regular season, got popped in the mouth early, had no problem rolling over and dying. This game yesterday got popped in the mouth early, had no problem rolling over and dying. When the going gets tough, McCarthy teams always look shook. CD and Dak Prescott, what was the deal with those two yesterday? Yeah, Those two from the jump. I can understand if they're arguing with each other in the fourth quarter because everyone's frustrated. Why are they getting at each other in the first quarter of that game yesterday? I have no first idea. First quarter. And like, Joe? Everybody that, looked rattled yesterday. That was the exact moment when I thought they're dead. Yeah, this bet's when, over. Because we you, lost. <laughs> when you see CD Lamb's body language in the first quarter, you, you can't recover from that. You can't recover from that when those two were having their issues earlier in the year. Here's McCarthy on the whole debacle that was in Dallas yesterday. You know, just express the, the reality of where we are. I mean, this 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 is a this is a hurtful loss. We put ourselves in position to play a home playoff game. You know, it was a great we had a great opportunity. Felt really good about the week of preparation. Thought we matched up well. You know, we didn't we did we clearly picked a we picked the wrong day to, to have a bad day. No, Mike. No, that wasn't a bad day, bud. That was unprepared. Like, you didn't have some breaks go the other way. That's not what yesterday was about. We didn't just have a bad day. Your quarterback, who when people look back will see gaudy numbers but see two interceptions and be like, "Uh." when he threw the pick six to make it 27-0 before the half, he had 61 yards passing and two interceptions, both interceptions resulting in touchdowns. I mean – what, what else is there to say? Because as we turn toward Dak for a moment, 
I have to say that I feel like I got duped. I feel like I was in a Ponzi scheme. I, <laughs> honestly, I do. I feel like I got ripped off because I am one of the suckers that bought into Dak Prescott finally figuring it out after what he did during this regular season. And I'll be the first to say it, Joe, because I know many, many people want to say it. I'm an idiot. I'm an idiot for believing that. And yesterday, Dak Prescott showed you everything that he has been about in the postseason and why he's just a small part of what happened with the Cowboys, but why ultimately he ain't going he ain't going anywhere near a Super Bowl. He is he's the quarterback and he's the face, so he's gonna take a lot of heat, but he's much further down my list of people to blame for what happened yesterday. You start with McCarthy because it's on him. His team's soft. They lack resiliency. They weren't prepared. Like, that's 100% on the head coach. But I got to tell you, we want to talk about Dan Quinn at all. He sure. did a crap job in a situation where during the week, all we heard about was how he's rumored to be the next head coach of the Seattle Seahawks. The Quinn's Seahawks. defense gave up 48 points to a first-year starting quarterback, to an inexperienced team, to a team that just a few weeks ago went to the Giants and couldn't figure out anything. Like, they stunk in New York a few weeks ago. They came to Dallas. They hung 48. They had no problem methodically moving down the field at will. And there's this situation. I don't know exactly when in the game it was. It was early. It's like third and nine. Packers are on the negative side of the field. They convert for like 15 yards over the middle, And when you go back and you watch the tape and you listen to the broadcast, they're dropping Micah Parsons in the coverage. What are we doing? One of the best pass rushers in the NFL at home in the playoffs on third and long, you're dropping him into coverage. Why? Does he play corner now? Has he moved positions? Why would you tank the absolute strength of that defense? The best player on the D is the Micah, is Micah Parsons. His best skill set is rushing the passer. In a situation where you need the best player to rush the opposing quarterback, you drop him in the coverage. And guess what? You give up a huge gain, and the other team converts the third down. Like, Prescott is with blame, but it starts with McCarthy, and then it goes right to Quinn and that trash performance that defense put on yesterday. But, Joe, Joe, there's no way they'd ever expect Micah Parsons to drop into coverage. They're trying to fool him. It was a, it's, yeah, yeah, we got hoodwinked. <laughs> you, you, you almost had him, Quinn. You almost had him yesterday. Wow. We have so much to get into off this game. It's Carlin versus Joe on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. Your small business keeps you on the go. Progressive Commercial Insurance keeps your policy within reach with our easy-to-use mobile app. Learn more at ProgressiveCommercial.com. We're making you a part of the program at 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. I want to hear from Cowboy fans exclusively about what you're feeling today and about where this organization is headed, if it's headed anywhere. In just moments, though, we continue looking at the one guy that can put the Cowboys over the top. It's Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. 
At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. If the Green Bay Packers upset the Dallas Cowboys and they have an early exit, and I could see if they fall short yet again, that seat getting hotter for Mike McCarthy. I totally agree with you. The only thing that was on my mind almost this entire game was, do we get to play here again next week? And that's all I'm thinking about, and that's all I've thought about. Reason why they're not winning, and it ain't really the head coach at this point in time. It's the way they run the organization, because they've been 26 years doing the same thing, and he ain't going nowhere. Well, I'd get some moving quotes if I were Mike at this point. At the very least, you know, although where he's moving, I'm not sure yet. Carla versus Joe, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM, Channel 80. The natural thing to come out of yesterday is Mike McCarthy has got to go and he's got to be fired. And yeah, that's pretty much it. That's an easy conclusion to come to and we can all come to it. The owner, though, not quite ready to commit to anything right after the game yesterday. When I start, when I think about it, which I haven't thought one second about it, I know how hard, uh, how much it meant to our fans to advance. What this loss to me means, again, I opened up by saying not how, why, who didn't, who didn't do what, all of that kind of thing. The only thing that was on my mind almost this entire game was not an analysis of our strategy, not an analysis of the play. It was, do we get to play here again next week? and we can't, and that could have happened by a point or it could have happened the way it happened out there. And that's all I'm thinking about, and that's all I've thought about. Has not remotely thought about the coaching change, about players, about any of that as of the end of the game yesterday. But I'm guessing the big fella did not have a great night of sleep last night as he's considering where all of this is headed. And, Joe, it can only be headed truly in – I believe one direction if you're talking about the Cowboys winning immediately and that's Bill Belichick. Well, if you're going to talk about whether or not we should move on from McCarthy, the first thing you want to ask yourself is to follow. I I came across this guideline once. I thought it was, was relatively intelligent. The hallmark of any good system is something that you can create and turn over to your enemy for the next five years to run. Would you feel confident doing that? If the answer is no, that clearly means, wait a minute, wait a minute, we got a problem here. Like, uh-huh. it's obviously biased. All that being said, if you were to ask your chief rivals, the Philadelphia Eagles, the New York Giants, and the Washington Commanders, what they want you to do today, if you're Jerry Jones, all three of those organizations would stand up and say, keep Mike McCarthy. Yep. And if all three of those organizations are going to tell you to keep Mike McCarthy you know you've got a big problem on your hands if you decide to keep him in the saddle. That right there tells you everything you need to know because I don't think there's a soul in Philadelphia, New York, or Washington who thinks, man, if they hold on to McCarthy, we could be in trouble. You want Mike McCarthy in charge of the Dallas Cowboys because it means that's one less team to compete with to win the NFC. Yep, 
I was watching the game with a couple of Eagle fans, in fact, and a couple of Giant fans yesterday, and they all said the same thing as they're watching that. First of all, they're enjoying the heck out of that beatdown that they got. And number two is, geez, I hope they don't fire McCarthy because they want him around in the worst way. How is he ultimately judged, though? Adam Schefter provided a little bit of a glimpse into that recently on Get Up. Everybody wants to see what Jerry Jones ultimately decides, and I don't think he was ready and prepared to have to make this decision today. So he has to process all the information. But as you said there, Greeny, and as I've been told all year long, Mike McCarthy always was going to be judged by how Dallas's last game of the season ended. Well, the last game of the season ended yesterday. It didn't work out well for Mike McCarthy. It didn't work out well for Dak Prescott. It didn't work out well for defensive coordinator Dan Quinn, who's a candidate for other head coaching jobs. So everybody associated with Dallas yesterday was tarred in one way or another. Joe, if you look at it and Jerry doesn't make a change, we have finally proven that Jerry ultimately does not care enough about winning the Super Bowl and that his number one priority is and always will be that the Cowboys are at the top of the Forbes list as the most valuable team in all of professional sports. Well, no, he cares about winning the Super Bowl very deeply. He just cares more about himself getting the credit for winning the Super Bowl mm-hmm. than he does about winning it and having someone else get the credit. Well, that's but that's my problem. point is like ultimately that those kind of things do not translate to caring enough about winning. It's caring enough about winning your own way. But ultimately, the Cowboys are the most valuable franchise there is. And really, what what else matters to him at that point? Because, yes, he looks floored. He looks shook, as he said after the game. But this is all about actions and not words. If you don't fire the coach and bring in somebody who can win with you right away at your age, what are we doing? So who's the guy going to be? It's it, To me, it's Belichick. Top of the food chain, Bill Belichick, number one candidate. Is there a 1B or is yeah. it Belichick? And then there's a bit of a gap. It's Belichick, and I would say number two, not 1B, but number two would be Vrabel. Like Vrabel. I'd go those two directions. I can't, I'm not handing it over to Dan Quinn. I'm not handing it over to any first-time head coach just so I can have their my thumb on them. I need a strong personality in that building that wants to be in charge of coaching the football team. And the other thing Jerry should do, not going to happen, fire the GM. But he's the GM. Yeah. So that's not going any, that's not going anywhere. And if you're really looking at what some of the um, liabilities of that franchise have been, it's been that. I mean, there are three types of problems you can have with a professional sports team. You can have a talent problem. That's an issue in Carolina. You can have a, you know, coaching problem, which also a problem in Carolina. And you can have a culture problem. You know, sometimes you might have a well, a talented roster, but you might have a culture issue. Like San Diego has some talent, but they had an issue with coaching. Uh, New England has a really good head coach, but they had some talent issues. Cultural issues can can creep up in certain spots. With Dallas, talent's not an issue. There's more than enough talent for Dallas to be a Final Four football team. Whether or not they're good enough to get past a, an elite team like the Niners, okay, but who is, right? The team like the Niners, there might only be one team built to get by them. But you have enough talent to get to that level and compete with them. The problem is your coaching lacks so much. There's so much that lacks there. McCarthy will never out-coach the better coaches when talent is even. McCarthy only wins the games where his talent has 
a major discrepancy over the opposition. Mm -hmm. Okay? So if you bring in a guy like Bill Belichick and you say, this is going to be the guy, can Belichick be the guy to teach this team to be resilient? Can the Cowboys suddenly become a team that when they get punched in the mouth, they don't go crying to mom? Because that's what happened yesterday. Dak and CeeDee Lamb immediately crying and complaining to one another. You looked on the sidelines every time. There's no rah-rah speech. There's no one hyping anybody up. There are no leaders trying to get everyone going. McCarthy looked shook and was just staring at his tablet. What's on the tablet, Mike? What's on the tablet that's going to change anything? Get moving. Get the team in gear. Try something different. He doesn't have it. Is Belichick the guy that has that? Or, more importantly, is Belichick the guy who comes with it more than anybody else? Vrabel strikes me as very interesting because Vrabel teams are always resilient. Vrabel teams are always tough. Vrabel teams rise above their talent level because of their coaching. Mm -hmm. That's the type of guy that I'd put in the crosshairs. Let's find out from some Cowboy fans at 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. Rowdy will start us off in Arizona on ESPN Radio. Carlin versus Joe. What's up, Rowdy? Hey, guys. Thanks for taking my call today. You got it, bud. Hey, uh, all right. So I know you call. You wanted to hear from Cowboys fans. I used to be a Cowboys fan. I'm a Cardinals fan. Let's go Cardinals. But yeah, goodbye. <laughs> there it was. Him- like had an opportunity to shoot your shot. Yeah, I'm sorry. Sorry, we got a guy. I, I I don't care what a Cardinal fan thinks today. Plus, you bailed on your team. Strike two. I would have loved to have heard why, but again, like you got to get to it. Yep. Come on out. Let's fire. We got anyone else? Dave in Syracuse, New York on ESPN Radio. Dave, what do you got? Uh, I am very disappointed, and we need to get rid of Mike McCarthy. What about, like, Jim Harbaugh? Couldn't we possibly – what would you think of them hiring him? Listen, I I would understand it. I I would certainly understand it. And it's an interesting thought because we got the reports over the weekend that Harbaugh is going to meet with the Chargers first. If you're Jim Harbaugh, is that a situation you want to walk into and feel like you have a great chance to win – is, is Jerry ever going to let a personality like Jim Harbaugh in that building? It's a big question. Harbaugh can come in and win. Harbaugh preaches toughness. Harbaugh teams are always very tough and very physical. That is something that Dallas lacks. You watch Dallas get pushed around yesterday. You watch Dallas go into a 7 nothing hole early, and they immediately turtled up. Again, everything you saw yesterday is what you need to identify in the next head coach in terms of what he can correct. Because yesterday is what we saw at San Francisco early in the season. It's what we've seen in the playoffs before. You need to take everything you saw from yesterday's game and find the guy who can solve those problems. Having a quarterback who can throw the ball all over the yard is not an issue. Explosive plays, scoring points, those are not issues. You need toughness. You need resilience. McCarthy does not bring that. You need a guy who's a smart football mind who's going to make the team tougher. Harbaugh checks that box. Vrabel checks that box. I believe Belichick checks that box. And to be fair, Jerry actually has done it before where he's brought that kind of guy in the building. Next, we'll talk to somebody who was there when it happened and what needs to happen next. Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM, Channel 80. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio.
Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. It's one of the worst playoff games the Cowboys have ever played. And exactly where it ranks on your own personal uh, playoff disappointment list is up to you to decide. Very disappointed. I don't think anybody saw this coming. It seems like the most painful cause. We all had such great expectation and we had hope for this team. (laughs) When I heard Jerry ask last night, hey, Jerry, where does this rank in your all-time playoff disappointments? I so wanted an answer. <laughs> We're owed an answer on that one. That's a great list. He has a yeah. great list of playoff disappointments. So many to choose from, unfortunately for him. Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM Channel 80. A guy who knows that organization inside and out. Played for them for four years. Played for them during the Parcells years is with us. He's an outstanding defensive lineman during his career. He is now defensive line coach for the St. Louis Battlehawks in the UFL. He's Leroy Glover, who joins Chris Carlin, Joe Fortenbaugh on ESPN Radio. Leroy, we appreciate a few minutes, man. And just as a former Cowboy, as you are watching that meltdown yesterday, tell me about what is going through your mind. Yeah, obviously there's a lot of excitement of the team being in a position to to play the Green Bay Packers at home. And as obviously as the game moves forward, you start to see things really sway into the favor of the Green Bay Packers, unfortunately for the Cowboys fans. I mean, it was a it was a rough day. I don't think anyone, as you can hear from the quotes, I don't think anyone can anticipate that type of result in a game of that magnitude. And so, I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a pretty rough day in Dallas right now. Leroy, teams can suffer from talent issues, coaching issues, culture issues. There are a lot of things that can derail a season or a franchise. What do you think the biggest problem in Dallas is right now? That's a tough question. I mean, that's a really difficult question because you look at the team on paper. I mean, offensively, statistically, they're probably, if not the top-ranked offense in the National Football League. You look at the star power. Obviously, you have the quarterback position. Uh, Dak has been playing great ball. I mean, the receiver position, C.D. Lamb has been playing phenomenal football. 
You know, the offensive line has been solid. The running backs have been solid. So from that standpoint, defensively, you've got the star power there once again. You've got the great coaching and Dan Quinn, and he's been doing that all year for them. You've got players, obviously. You've got talented players. You know, Micah Parsons leads the list in the talented player category. But I think, obviously, you saw, once again, one of the other sort of Achilles heels is the ability to stop the run in critical ball games. And we saw all those things show up in the game yesterday. Leroy Glover, the former Cowboy defensive lineman, joining us. It's Carlin versus Joe on ESPN Radio. Have you ever been a part of a team? It doesn't even necessarily have to be in the playoffs. But when you're in a first half of a game like that where you came in and you felt so good, and then all of a sudden it's like a barrage coming at you, is there any way to kind of mentally recover from that in a game? Yeah, it's difficult to do, but you also have to keep in mind it's one of those cliches in sports that I don't know, you know, as a player, you hear it all the time, but you hate to admit it, but you got to give the Green Bay Packers a lot of credit too now. I mean, to go on the road, you know, to be the underdogs and then to come in and play and perform to the level in which they did speaks volumes for, for where they're trying to go as well. And I do, once again, you know, regardless of the result, Jordan Love played a heck of a ball game, so give him a lot of credit as well. You were in Dallas when Jerry Jones hired Bill Parcells. One of the big conversations around Jones is that he doesn't necessarily want the big personality head coach who's going to get all the credit. That was part of the issue with Jimmy Johnson, apparently, and that he'd rather have a guy that he can kind of have under the thumb. That's just one of the narratives that's out there. Do you think, given everything we've seen here, if the Cowboys do look for a new head coach, maybe Jerry would be able to to change his ways a little bit and bring in that big, strong personality, perhaps like a Belichick or a Harbaugh? That's a, that's a difficult question. Obviously those names will be floating around and you'll have other names out there floating around. If that is the direction that the Cowboys decided to go in, obviously after they sit down and kind of assess, you know, where they are, where they were from a playoff standpoint, where they were in the regular season, some of the strengths and the weaknesses of that roster, maybe the decision would be to keep Mike McCarthy on staff and make some changes along his assistant staff. So it's really up in the air right now. It's a tough decision either way you look at it. And, uh, you know, for, in order for the Cowboys to get this thing right and to get this thing on sort of a positive trajectory facing all the scrutiny they're going to face in the offseason, I think it probably will be best to just be take your time, make sure you've got the right guy in mind, whether it's keeping Mike McCarthy or going in a different direction, and make that decision right first. Okay, what was that dynamic, though, like, Leroy? It's Leroy Glover, the former Cowboy, joining us on ESPN Radio. When you had the two big personalities with Parcells, and Jerry Jones, from what you witnessed, is that a coexistence that you feel like could work now with Jerry? Yeah, absolutely. I think it could work regardless of the style of the scheme. I think what you all will recognize and what Jerry would probably want is a winner, ultimately. You know, whether it's a big personality, whether it's a more of a cerebral type, whether it's a defensive coach, an offensive coach, or what have you, the bottom line is going to be a guy that can take his team from where they are now and get them in a position to where the Dallas Cowboys really want to be, and that's in the winner's circle. Leroy Glover, he's the defensive line coach of the St. Louis Battlehawks of the UFL and the former Cowboy. We appreciate the insight, man. Thanks. Thank you. Absolutely. And listen, if we're talking about big personalities, that's ultimately what it has to boil down to. Can you deal with that to win? And you said it earlier. I've said it a lot. I think I do think that 
the Cowboys' financial situation is very important to Jerry uh, as being the number one franchise out there because he's at the end and he's going to be turning this over to Stephen Jones here at some point. But do you want to win or do you want to win your way? How important is that later in your life? Because if you want to win, you're going to have to recognize that winning your way has not worked for 30 years. The thing with Jerry is I think he looks at this and feels that his team is really close. His team's really good. His coach is solid. I think he takes the regular season results and he's overwhelmed by him and he realizes his team is this, is one of the top teams, right, in terms of that, and that it just, you know, uh, we were close. We just didn't have it in the playoffs. But you can't watch that with Dak Prescott yesterday, for example, 61 yards and two picks toward the end of the half, and the picks resulted in two touchdowns, and he's 2-5 and now in the playoffs. No, I agree. I think the way you got to look at it is we have a head coach in Mike McCarthy who has won 12 or more games three straight years. And with that, he's become the only coach in NFL history to win 12 or more games in three straight years and not make it to the conference championship weekend. Keep in mind, I didn't say win your conference. Yeah. I didn't say make the Super Bowl. I didn't say win the Super Bowl. I just said win 12 or more games three times in a row and at least once get to the Final Four. And he has not done that. He can't win in the playoffs. He needs too many things to go his way. You and I had this discussion a couple weeks ago when we were discussing whether or not Dallas was a true Super Bowl contender. And the best case you could make for Dallas was that somebody else would have to take out San Francisco. Yep. That's not good enough. You need to be able to take out San Francisco. But that doesn't matter because you couldn't even take out Green Bay at home as a a seven-and-a-half-point favorite. A team that was playing to make the playoffs in Week 18. It's Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM Channel 80. Super Wild Card Weekend continuing today. you got the Steelers and Bills later this afternoon at 4.30. And then tonight on ESPN Monday Night Football, and it is the Eagles and the Buccaneers on ESPN, ESPN2. ABC and ESPN Plus. You got the Manning cast. You got Bruce Arians and Ray Lewis to guest there tonight. And the great Joe Buck is going to join us at 2.30 p.m. Eastern time today, a little under two hours from now, as we will continue to get you ready. But the Packers are not the only team moving on to the divisional round. We'll get into that after Joe has this from our friends at Vivid Seats. Vivid Seats, check off that New Year's bucket list with tickets from Vivid Seats, your home for every tackle, slap shot, and slam dunk. Vivid Seats celebrates fandom with unbeatable rewards like free tickets, surprise seat upgrades, and annual birthday deals. With Vivid Seats rewards, you earn with every purchase. From tip-off to final buzzer, Vivid Seats has a great selection and great prices on all the 2024 games that matter to you. Just visit VividSeats.com or download the app today. Vivid Seats, the official ticketing partner of ESPN. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. With everyone fighting for attention, how can your business stand out and connect with customers? Easy. Get Constant Contact. Constant Contact's award-winning marketing platform has helped millions of small businesses stand out, stay top of mind, and see big results. Fast. Constant Contact makes it easy to promote your business with powerful tools like email and SMS marketing, social media posting, and even events management. With Constant Contact, you'll reach new audiences, grow your customer list, and communicate more effectively to sell more, raise more, and fast-track growth. Don't know much about marketing? No sweat. 
Constant Contact's writing assistance tools and automation features help you say the right thing at the right time, every time. Plus, you can send with confidence, knowing your emails are actually reaching your customers thanks to Constant Contact's best-in-class 97% deliverability rate. Tackle any challenge with Constant Contact's expert live customer support. Plus, everything's backed by their 30-day money-back guarantee. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? (laughs) Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a one dollar per month trial period at Shopify.com/network. All lowercase. Go to Shopify.com/network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify.com/network. This game is over. Oh, the Detroit Lions have won it. Celebrate, boys. Celebrate. You're coming right back here next week. What a night. It's hard to put into words. The city needed this, and they deserve this after 30 years. From the moment I got here, you imagine getting that playoff win and, and having this type of atmosphere in front of our home crowd and being able to sit on the ball like that and, and finish it out. And, yeah, it kind of all hit me there. That is arguably the best environment I've ever been in. The building was humming, and I swear you could feel the electricity down the tunnel, and it only just grew from there. Grown adults in tears at the end of that game. That was awesome to see. I mean, you know, for Pete's sake, their GM is screaming in the elevator. You see that video all over the place. Good for the Detroit Lions. That's a feel-good story this season as they snap their postseason drought. First postseason win since 1991 when, I believe, ironically, they pounded the Cowboys 38-6. Cowboys aren't going to escape any segments on this show today. No, we could have a highlight segment, and the Cowboys would come into it. Look, all I felt good for Jared Goff. I felt good for the Lions in general. Truth be told, I was not rooting for them because you know I, I, I like the Rams as well, and you know we had some financial interest there, which eh, paid off anyway. We covered, but, yeah, we did cover. But at any rate, uh, the Lions are just a feel-good story. And now the longest drought belongs to the Miami Dolphins, and we don't need to get into their mess the other night. But, Joe, um, this is, uh, I think, just phenomenal for that city. It's wonderful that they're able to pay it off, right? Someone said something last night. It was one of the best tweets I've seen. And it, it's if you're getting a text message about the Lions winning a playoff game, that's the first time that's ever happened. Because you didn't have cell phones sending text messages the last time they won a playoff game. That's how long it's been. The way the crowd reacted last night, having Eminem as part of the pregame buildup with the whole narration thing he did, everything about it, the fact that you got to do it to Stafford is probably fun as well, even though the city loves Stafford. It's not like they hate the guy. But everything about it, it could have been a real bummer of a season to finally win the division for the first time in 30 years, to have this 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 many wins, this much success, this much hype, and then go into the playoffs and immediately get beat. That'd be a gut punch. For a city that's been through a lot, for a city that supports their team no matter what, they deserve it. I hope everyone in Detroit is having a day today because you won that game. And you know what? A little karma. A little karma. The refs jobbing you in that Dallas game, well, guess yeah. what? Dallas is out. 
you won, you get to host another game as a result. It all worked out in the end. And, you know, should have been past interference on the Puka Nakua thing, so it does work out. They got some breaks, and that's what we try to talk about. (laughs) Everyone who was always convinced, oh, the refs are out to get us. For everyone you get, there's going to be one that goes the other way. It's just you only pay attention to certain ones. You only pay attention to the losers the times you get jobbed. I heard about this once. It's a great analogy using the blackjack table. You know how when you're playing blackjack, everything's going well, and then the drunk guy sits down, and he stays on 15 when he's supposed to hit, and then as a result, the dealer gets the right card and everyone loses? We always remember when the drunk guy screws us all over, but when the drunk guy makes the mistake and we all win, we never credit it to the guy. We always go, nope, nope, we played it the right way. It worked the way it was supposed to. We're very biased in that way. So congratulations to the Lions. It all balanced out in the end. Well, Let's get to how exactly this happened, because I have to tell you, as you know, this game in the first half is just going up and down the field and it looks like it's going to blow past the over and it looks like it's going to blow past, you know, total team points scored. Not that I was paying attention to that with the Rams at all, (laughs) but uh, it looked like there was going to be a full on shootout for the rest of the game and the Rams moved the football, but Joe in the red zone, they were just absolutely awful. And I'm not blaming Stafford on this one. I think the head coach played a role in this. Sean McVay was awful. Sean McVay was absolutely awful. He is known in Vegas as a fake sharp because so many people see him as a wonderful head coach, and he is a very good head coach. He is awful with his game management, and he has not figured that out yet, and he hasn't worked to improve it. He is very good at building a culture. McVay understands his locker room. He's fantastic in that department. McVay is under is very good at designing an offense. He's very good at calling an offense. He's very good at scripting an offense. He is wonderful in so many regards, but he doesn't understand game management. And he made a series of brutal mistakes in high level situ high leverage situations last night that cost his team. He reduced the odds that that team had a chance of winning because of his mistakes. Third quarter, clock winding down on the play clock. He takes a timeout. No, take the delay of game. Those timeouts are precious. Yet through McVay's history, he has consistently demonstrated he does not care about timeouts. He will waste timeouts in situations that don't require it. Early in the first quarter, eh, we'll call a timeout. Let's get organized here. You might need those later. Last night he did and he didn't have them. That's on him. And then this punt at the end of the game is just inexcusable the way he managed that. He's punting, which is essentially saying we're going to put this on the defense. Dude, your defense was terrible yesterday, but they just got you a three and out on the possession before that. That was the break. That was the moment. That's where you're playing for the game. You can't punt it away again on the road with that defense and think they're going to get another stop. And guess what? They didn't, and you lost the game. You didn't even get a final crack at it. McVay had a very poor night at the office. Yeah, that was poorly managed. The timeouts really bother me. You can't be in that position at the end of the game in a very tight game where you have one timeout left. You, you're just – that can't happen. And and that's what happened to him. The punt made absolutely no sense. And ultimately, their, while their defense had been better late in the year, it had not been good enough last night to continue to go back and rely on them. Like that – and you never say this about a Sean McVay situation. At least I've never heard it said. There was a lack of feel for the situation there. There was a complete lack of feel on his part for the situation. That felt more robotic than it felt really gauging what was in front of you at the moment. 
Well, they're sitting third and four at the Detroit 34-yard line. Now, at this point, there's 424 to go in the game, but they only have one timeout. And you have yep. the stoppage with the two-minute. But you you got to be thinking, look, we can't be relying on our defense and the clock and our stoppages to get us another opportunity. We need to figure this out. So it's third and four at the Detroit 34-yard line, currently a 51-yard field goal. They take a 10-yard penalty, which is brutal. The Havenstein hold was yeah. awful. So they're moving back. They're now third and 14 at the Detroit 44, which makes it a 61-yard field goal attempt if they get no yardage. Detroit is not playing – to give you no yardage. Detroit is playing to not give you 14 yards. They don't want you getting a first down there. But you can get eight yards. You can get nine yards. They will concede the middle of the field. You can find a way to get that to about a 50-yard field goal or so, and then one of two things happens. You can trot Maher out there, who's an awful kicker and probably miss it anyway because that's been a problem all season for the Rams, but at least you have a shot to win it with the kicker. Or you have a much more manageable fourth-down situation with Matthew Stafford. Either of those is ideal to trying to get all 14 yards in one play, not getting it, and then punting it away to Detroit so that they can control the outcome of the game, which they did. They got enough first downs, and then they kneeled it out. McVay has to design a play that can get somewhere in the neighborhood of seven to nine yards, and then they can either attempt a long field goal so they have a shot to win, or they can go for it on fourth down, which, again, they have a shot to win. Punting it away, you're conceding. You're making the worst possible decision. And that's exactly what ended up happening. Well, they called a bad play on third down. What bothers me about that is you have two guys like Nakua and Cup, and you did that. Now, Nakua went on the deep route. Like, There's no reason that he shouldn't have been on one of the other routes that he's running all day. I know that you hit a big deep ball to him earlier. It doesn't matter. Exactly as you're saying, they're trying to – they'll give you 10 yards. That's fine. But for you not to take that gift is silly. And then, by the way, how many times did Nakua – like break off a tackle if he's, you know, going on an in cut for ten yards and still fight forward to get extra yardage. That kid's like, awesome. He is. Somehow Cooper Cup went from best receiver in the NFL to second best receiver on his own team. It is amazing that 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 happened, but it did. And he's hurt. He deserves that. He's a little banged up. Uh, yeah, but it, listen, he's still out there. Mm-hmm. And, and when you have those guys out there, it just made no sense. Disappointing for the Rams. Awesome night for Detroit. Huge. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio.